0: Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we stage a little B&E murder scene around the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me is my morally corrupt brother, Thomas Johnston. How are you?
1: Guilty as charged.
0: Yeah, uh, any insurance fraud going on? Do
1: you want to go upside my head? Oh, yeah, a little payback from all the times. Oh.
0: I think that Lou Paloma <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, might guess, be the uh, worst man that we have seen thus far.
1: I uh I mean
0: The yeah, most like the wait. most like tell but don't show worst man we've seen I, thus that's far. That's exactly what
1: I was gonna say. I was gonna say that Michael J. Fox should have shown and not told. Yeah.
0: But maybe <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's why it has like kind of that like sing song tone. Speaking of which, boo boo
1: boo 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 <laughs> boo, boo, <laughs> boo, boo 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 boo
0: boop boop boo 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 boo,
1: boo, 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 bo, boo worst ever, weird coughing syncopation. Was that was this is this the I didn't is cough? This the, is this the the sting version? <laughs> the
0: tales from the used co- to cough. What are you talking about? All right. Stop your stop your moaning and start highlighting the notable talent attached to this picture.
1: Talent. No, the trap. This was directed by Michael J. Fox. This is again like the uh, you know, let me explain to you who Kiefer Sutherland is. <laughs> mm. But yes, Mr. Marty McFly himself directed this episode. Um and this is his first of two directing credits. The other directing credit is also is is a I think fairly even less well-known episode of a TV show, but um, when Alex but Alex P. Keaton put in a uh, workmanlike job here, and apropos of your and our the pod's love of all things north of the border, he is of course a son of the great Arctic North, born in Alberta.
0: Oh, Alberta, lovely country. Um, <laughs> he, um, yeah, it is a workmanlike job, but I do kind of feel I, when I see this, I'm like, I can see where the frighteners is coming from.
1: okay and then um the writer on this is scott alexander um who did um uh who is one of the principal writers behind um, american crime story um he also worked on uh the people versus on all of them
0: crime Story, at
1: least i believe so and i I, at least the first season at least the oj one that's a good Um, one and i think he did the versace one or maybe he got a production credit on i I decided i did not write it down um, he also worked on Big Eyes, which I think you probably liked. I like did like Big Eyes, yeah. Stuff. And he also worked on Ed Wood, which is fun. Um, he's all over the even place. If, even if Bella Lugosi is in is uh, inaccurately portrayed,
0: mm. he's all over the place. I can, I mean, like I yeah. can kind of see he's a through man. line between um, uh, Big Eyes and what was the last wait, one wait you mentioned?
1: Maybe the three line... Oh, uh, Edward. Yeah, Big Eyes. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But, like, maybe he's just very 90s American Crime Story, People versus Larry Flint.
0: He is kind of very 90s. Big Eyes is also kind of 90s-ish. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, and Edward, I mean, is of the past, so... But it does have that sort of, like... Wait, I am trying to remember, Edward's is black and white, isn't it? Yep. Is it all in black and white? Yeah. Yep. It has that kind of, like, Clerks feel to it, maybe. This is a real stretch. Hmm. You know, but, but, you know, it's black and white. It's a little bit arty. It's, like, kind of funny. A lot of dialogue jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it's it black and white because
0: it's, like, trying to, like, nod the right, right, tip of the hat. It, yes. so that,
1: yeah. Of course, of course. But I'm just like, it could kind of fit into that. You know what I'm talking about? hmm
0: I it's honestly of, like... forgot that Clerks was in black and white.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> for, a, for a solid minute there.
1: The holy canon of honorary Canadian Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Smith. Oh, man.
0: Honorary Canadian?
1: Yeah, he's he went to film school in Canada.
0: Mm. Is he from Michigan right. or something?
1: Um, he's from New Jersey.
0: Mm. Yeah, the Michigan Famous of one. the East. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> That's
1: okay. <laughs> I I we're talking to somebody about how northern Kentucky is New Jer is is the New Jersey to Cincinnati's New York. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, it, works, but, like, it but works pretty good. It does work pretty good, except I think so that would have to be – I think Cincinnati is New York of like the like pre-Giuliani <laughs> New York. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Cincinnati, the greatest city in the world. Greatest
0: city in the world, Cincinnati. Um, to be uh, fair, uh, I, I, that sounds great to me. Carry on.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, anyway. So um, in terms of notable <sighs> cast members, um, Terry Garr portrays Irene Paloma. She was in close encounters of the third kind. She was Inga in Young Frankenstein. She was in That
0: Fitzy. blew my mind. I looked I looked her up because I couldn't quite place her and when I realized yeah, yeah. she was in Young Frankenstein, I was as like the main um female lead. I, it it like the top of my head flew off.
1: Yeah. She um did the uh uh she portrays Phoebe's birth mother in Friends. That makes sense. Uh, I do not I do not know nor do I care. Um also They do kind of look the, alike. I get it. She is the voice of um uh she is the voice of Mary McGinnis in Batman Beyond, hmm. the animated the animated show. She's she is new Batman's mom. Um Billy Paloma um is portrayed by Bruno Kirby.
0: Wait, I have a I have one uh, more question, so you'll have to start over yes. with that one. But um do you think that young Frankenstein is in black and white is a similar nod to Clerks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, it reaches forward in time.
0: It presupposed clerks and then did a presupposing tip of the hat, wink at the camera, nod to clerks.
1: What if every black? What if every film in black and white is referencing Kevin Smith? Also, also other idea. What if Kevin Smith directed every black and white movie? Uh,
0: like I think, in the middle of I Young Frankenstein, they're think, just
1: like, "What do you think it's like? How does Chewbacca have sex? You ever, you ever had oral sex with a Wookiee? and Stuff like what?
0: that. What? Okay. Um. I, I don't know why we're how we got there, but I will say that Have having you ever a, seen
1: a Kevin Smith movie, he loves two things: Talk yeah. about sex, talking about Star Wars. I don't know.
0: I can't even remember that Clerks was in black and white. To be honest with you, um, but uh, I do, I do think that that's an idea for a podcast. What I if think there's a? Y- what <laughs> if every black and white movie is tip is find the nod to Clerks in every black and white movie?
1: It would be. I, I think it would be. You know, there would be a little bit more fertile ground if it was. Uh, you know, what if what if director X had directed movie Y? But also, just what if it's what if Kevin Smith directed movie Y? Yeah. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's Citizen take Kane. on the Philadelphia
0: story. Kevin yeah, Smith yeah. does Ben Hur. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> on the waterfront, brought to you by Kevin Smith. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Kevin Smith. I could have been a contender, but I actually just put it up my own ass.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's more. That's more Quentin Tarantino, though. That's,
0: yeah, that's, that's uh, true. I I, well, I didn't make a foot reference, so.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I he would he say I'd say the, in coin. the scene and the sole of his foot is pointed straight down the barrel of the, ca- of the camera. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the coin okay, is anyway. still in the air there. All right. Go on to Billy Paloma. Sorry.
1: So Billy Paloma, the good the good brother, is portrayed by Bruno Kirby. He was in. He's in like a lot of stuff that, that you've heard of but probably have not seen. You've seen City Slickers? Um
0: mm, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I know of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. That to makes Vietnam. absolute
0: sense. My impression of City Slickers is 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 Bruno Kirby. I get that.
1: Yeah. I think he was in some things we have seen. He was in When Harry Met Sally. He was in This Is Spinal Tap.
0: Oh, who's um, he in Harry he's Met Sally? Oh, I know exactly who he is in Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah. And he's, he's and he uh
0: Cary Fisher's uh um love interest, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. and then then he is Marco. He portrays Marco in Fraser, which I meant to look back on, but I don't didn't. So you have to I rely can't. on your encyclopedic Fraser knowledge to know who Marco, who I think is in one episode, is.
0: I think uh, I think the M portion of my encyclopedia has fallen off the shelf. I don't oh, know no. who Marco is.
1: You need a door to door salesman to come. So okay. Anyway, um,
0: we need Kelsey Grammer to sell me another another copy. Yeah,
1: is 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 Bruce McGill. Who I think is the guy I recognized the most. Um, he's of course um, in Animal House. He's D-Day, the the biker brother, um, oh. and he, he he just has like one of those faces, especially when he's not wearing the funny prosthetics in the from the first half, where you're like, oh yeah, I've seen this guy in a bunch of movies. Um, he was in Bagger Vance. He was in oh, Time Cop.
0: Well, if he was in, in Bagger Lincoln. Vance,
1: <laughs> I know, I know. This guy's just this guy's a wild man. He's all over the place. <laughs> There's all there, there are a number of other people in this, mo- in this movie, in this episode, but there's only one other that I want to talk about. Mother Paloma is played by Carol Baker, who was a famous bombshell in the 1950s. Um, she was kind of seen as being uh, the same kind of actress and sort of a rival of Marilyn Monroe. Interesting. Um, and she, um, she made a bunch of uh, studio movies in the 50s. Then she moved to Italy and she made films in Europe. Um, she has a Hollywood, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, she was in Giant, the, the epic Texas uh, yeah, family saga. Yep. Um, and in 2003, she retired after spending 50 years in the motion picture industry. Um, her most – I don't know if it's her most famous. She was nominated for an Oscar for being in the movie Baby Doll, which is a uh, um, Ilya Kazan –
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, –
1: Whoa. directed picture and a uh, that was written screenplay was by Tennessee Williams.
0: So I definitely can see how that movie would be directed by Kevin Smith.
1: <laughs> it's it's unusual to find a, a trailer that features no less than two hard R in words coming out of white characters mouths.
0: Yeah, that was wild. Um, I, I know I know of this movie, the scene um, where she's like, I think it's actually a bed, but where it looks yeah, no, like she's she in a crib. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she, no. She sleeps in like a little baby crib daybed and sucks her thumb.
0: Yeah, that's like a that's yeah. like a very famous uh, still when you when you discuss like um, you know predatory imagery and <laughs> <Pedophilia. in> movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so what this is this is, movie this is, about? So it's about despite a, watching
0: um, a trailer for five and a half minutes, I'm still not totally sure.
1: Yeah, it's about this. I mean, so. Um, well, there's all kinds of funny stuff about it. Apparently this was kind of a groundbreaking movie. There was a lot of heat about it because of its Frank sexuality and portrayal of the South and racism. Um, mm-hmm. But basically like, I think baby Doll is this like 17 or 19 year old bride of this guy who owns a cotton, a g- cotton gin and um, the, their marriage, despite being married for like a couple of years has not yet been consummated because of her age. And suddenly she sort of develops this roving eye and she gets involved with this guy who I think works for the mafia or something. <laughs> and there's like Well, he is Italian and, as they tell shouting. us. And shouting. Right, right. And the syndicate. Um, and there's shouting and the cotton mill burns down at some point and, uh, you know, it's one of those things. So uh, controversial director Ilya uh, Kazan has said that you know what? Tennessee Williams kind of pooped out about halfway through so he did most of the screenwriting on this, which is also a super funny <laughs> thing to like... <laughs> Tennessee Williams was useless.
0: <laughs> Tennessee, great, great American master. Tennessee Williams turned out to be a bit of a dud, so I had to write most of it.
1: But and really, and this is certainly, um, I not, uh, I haven't seen the movie, so I wouldn't. I, I'm, I'm not bringing this up to um, uh, poor dispersions or aspers- to to bad talk anybody, especially um, uh, the um especially especially Carol? Carol Baker but 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 I did discover this via IMDb where they were like her thumb sucking performance. And I was like, "Oh, what's this movie about?" And then I read a plot summary. And and I was like, were like oh, "What's the trailer?" And you and were I like, "I didn't Christ. know where to look." <laughs>
0: yeah, it's tough. That is tough. It's weird that she's in this this thing and as this. Yeah. If that's right. like her most think, famous role.
1: And this was this was of course as you, I mean just by looking at you, It's fairly early in her career. Um, of, of
0: course, yes.
1: And you know, and she was nominated for an Oscars. So it's probably a fairly well received performance. Um, so, you know, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a watch, (laughs) quite a thing.
0: We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll post the link on the website. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? There's another, there's another more conventional one. I had to, I spent, I even spent some time trying to figure out, is this trailer I watched fake? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what I mean? Baby god! Did they like, you know, you know this is like the Scary Mary kind of, did they recut some footage to make it look, because it doesn't help that I feel like the announcer voice kind of uses a like 70s exploitation cinema kind of watch. This is baby doll. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Her
1: dad made her promise, made her husband promise. You know, I don't know. It just has that sort of, you know. uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know. It feels, (laughs) it feels seedy. It feels uh, seedy in a way that implies that it's posed deep throat.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah.
1: <clears throat> sorry to derail us there. Would you like to speak about the incredibly novel and uh, heretofore unheard of plot of the episode of the trap?
0: Yeah, Luigi, Lou Paloma. <laughs> <laughs> Is, <laughs> That's,
1: are you allowed to say that?
0: <laughs> Mario, I said it like Luigi.
1: <laughs> I'm a Luigi. I'm a gonna win.
0: Uh, So, Luigi, quote-unquote, Lou Paloma, is a wife-beating jerk who keeps getting fired. Fed up with the rat race, Lou cooks up a scheme to fake his own death and collect his life insurance payout early, and then retire to Brazil. Lou pulls his battered wife, Irene, and his nice guy, handsome uh, little brother, Billy, in to help them all out. But little does he know, they have other plans. Dun-dun-dun. Dun dun dun! All right, what are the what are the what are the incredibly novel themes that have not been explored yet in um, in any of the evil brothers, uh, insurance fraud, infidelity, um, bad guy gets his plots that we've covered thus far in uh, the three seasons of Tales from the Crypt. We talk. Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, I stem to stern this whole thing is like weirdly derivative i think of uh, like all the episodes that have come before it Mm -hmm. but not in an exciting way not Um, in a culmination
0: therein just in a no
1: of therein yeah
0: right
1: and and i think it's also like um themes that are a little bit odd or boring uh i think about in demon Night, which i know is 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 strictly speaking later in the chronology but remember the movie they're making at the beginning of demon night which is like which is some woman talking about murdering her husband and she's wearing lingerie <laughs> and she's being frankly sexual and she gets and in, in a nude. she gets
0: in a bathtub and the bathtub's like full right, of blood yeah, right, or something right, right, like that yeah
1: right yeah, and the, the 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 dissolved husband busts in so um that i think is what like if that's what the public thinks an episode from tales from the crypt is like this is what the early seasons of Tales from the Crypt, like all the boring parts are like, where it's kind of weirdly retro and kind of a little bit overly talky. And there's a lot of like concern with stuff like life insurance fraud, which is not inherently interesting or sexy. Um, <laughs> there's no there's nothing supernatural. No, nope. it's in fact, it is, I think, almost completely lacking in um, an exploitive or supernatural element Um. I don't know what other show this episode would belong on because it's so damn boring i don't think it belongs on any show <laughs> no shows yeah, um, no show. well
0: we'll get into the derivative nature of it uh first like uh, in a bit but like yeah. let's talk about let's talk about what this story kind of is is driving at i i found i found it to be quite mixed um i felt like so there's, like, a lot of, like, kind of good things going on here that I feel like they could have latched onto, but they refuse to latch. So insurance fraud itself is not terribly interesting. To me, that's just, like, an inciting incident. Like, that's right. that's right. A, con- a, a plot convenience, right?
1: Yeah, it means you have to play around with death and you're given motivation at stakes because there's money yeah yeah yeah, 100 percent.
0: but one of the first things that i and like and right and so like you get the sense that there's sort of this plot this through line where it's like well he's a scumbag and he does scummy things but in the end his his final scummy act is his own undoing but that's like not super interesting to watch only because you need somebody who's more charismatic who you might care about a little bit otherwise it's like a joyless march towards the electric chair which is what this kind of feels like
1: yeah i mean i, I think also though that the um lou is the heart of the show but he also i i don't even think you can really blame bruce mcgill i think it's no the, i think
0: the performance is the, actually pretty yeah, good the, considering the what he has to work with
1: and the things they have him do make it confusing um i think that uh like at the beginning when we fir- like the very first scene is they're playing this kind of jazzy like Down in Rio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a, it's very Muse-Agy, it's like but it's not that they couldn't get
1: rights for that yeah and um
0: they could grab
1: yeah it's like sashaying around her kitchen and i love it she does she has a couple really good little comedic moments but i love it where she opens the the cabinet and it's like stacks and stacks of identical cans of tuna and she kind of her hand hovers and she picks Ooh, this one yeah <laughs> I did. yeah yeah and yeah. then and while this is going on it's sort of intercut with a point of view shot that looks like like from a slasher movie like dun 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 yeah, someone someone's creeping coming up, up behind to the her. house and it's looking in the window da, da, da. and then like it 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 it, it kind of he, the 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 person sort of moves in behind her and it scares her ah, and she drops on the floor i don't remember exactly what lou says but he says something like like, no he's like what's this mess yeah Yeah, clean up this damn mess this mess is
0: terrible it's in my kitchen i'm lou paloma
1: right and i like that he keeps saying i'm lou paloma which maybe kind of like harkens to the fact that later you know people don't know who he is but the the problem is that lou paloma has the seems to have be written sometimes like he has the potential for explosive rage and violence but we never see that. And in fact, he's usually kind of played as being sort of just like a goofy loudmouth.
0: He feels like a um, lovable mook. He doesn't actually right, right. we never see him actually do anything terrible. We're told right, right. he does terrible things, but and, and he's like but, generally and, and, and unpleasant. And,
1: and, but and, but yeah, he's he's just sort of a jerk. Cause like even the stuff where he where he is goading his wife into knocking him out with fire poker, you know, and he's like, think about it, it's free shot for all well, the times I went upside your head, or whatever he says. Like, obviously that that is monstrous. Though also he's like exactly the kind of guy who would say that and think that's like a joke. Uh, y- 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 you well, know what I mean though? It's like, almost
0: played for laughs. You're not yeah, – I don't you're think right. you're supposed to take him too seriously as a scumbag, but you are supposed to think – like you're supposed to write him off, which is a weird thing to do with your your protagonist.
1: Right, right. And then – and like and, – and if he's supposed to be like a stone-cold killer or like a manipulative Spengali, don't have the joke where he keeps itching his balls when he's laying on the ground. Oh, no, he's spend, like a
0: total dum-dum like right yeah like this is okay so i i broke it down like yeah he's a total dumb dumb i the best thing about this episode is when he comes back and it's just his brother and irene gaslighting him like crazy and they're newly like bizarro it's still his apartment but it's all white and perfect on the inside that's like the only really good moment and that's when he has like the moment where he's like i'm lou paloma all the time so i was like this story should rest on his identity like we should have him have an identity at the beginning which is that he wishes his life was different and he thinks he can achieve that by being someone else and that at the mm. end all he wants to be is himself that would be a story that makes sense. So I, right, right. I would and- pitch that out as like a way to like have some sort of like through thread in this.
1: I think also, like, if you keep kind of addressing that, like, they could have also made him, like, a famous gangster who has to fake Is that Like, something where, like, his identity actually has some reason to care about it. Um, yeah, the but other he's thing like is a nobody.
0: That, yeah, exactly. Right, right, like, which why is okay.
1: He... Maybe the point is the desperation of a striving. I mean, maybe. Okay. You can you can do something with that. But the fact that our, our – I mean, he's is he, he's sort of the protagonist. He's also sort of the villain, I guess, because we're not supposed to feel bad when bad things happen to him. No. Um And so when confronted with the fact that his brother is, you know, now married to his wife and they're pretending like they don't know who he is, his immediate his immediate first move is to call the police and confess everything. And only because the police do not believe him, do we uh, does he like land in the soup, which also seems to be kind of a misunderstanding of how this stuff is supposed to work. Like in it, what should happen is he gets mad and like starts choking his brother and then. Then he accidentally kills him or something, and then is placed in a situation where the only people who can—and maybe even kills his wife—I don't know—where um, the only people who can identify him and prove that he didn't, that he is not in fact the murderer of Lou Paloma, he—he he just killed. Oops, you know. And then it kind of has that kind of wah wah. You know, you are brought down by your own bad decisions. Because like in this, what is the bad decision that brings him down? Deciding to engage in life insurance fraud, I guess, and then like trusting his brother and his wife.
0: Yeah. Who like,
1: like, 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 uh, and, and even know.
0: those motivations don't make sense to me. Like obviously we are meant to understand why Irene would hook up with Billy and mm-hmm. and, and not leave and go meet Lou. Like we're actually we're ha- we're relieved she does yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, That's but good we choice. have yes.
0: but we have no insight in why she was staying with Lou to begin with. Like there's not we don't get like right. a sense of any sort of connection between them or like a or like a. A reason for them to be together, which is only then f- compounded by the fact that Lou is so desperate for her to join. When the first thing he says when he gets there is, "I'm not going to be married very long. This is—it's moving here is going to kill my wife," and he's like hitting on hotties and stuff. So, like, why yeah. why does he desperately want her there? It took me three on the third watch. I was like, well, maybe he's running out of money, and he wants her to come and give him the money. But
1: I mean I guess, but yeah, that's yeah, never yeah, no. made
0: clear in the like I, like I am do, I am grasping at the thinnest of straws to understand his character motivation.
1: Right But he if, d-
0: but he doesn't seem like he'd be someone who truly loves Irene. We're also not told that.
1: Right. I mean right and because they can't see the side like if he's supposed to be a monster it should be something where everyone's a little bit afraid of him. And he's able to get people to go along with his schemes because he, they're afraid he'll like literally choke the life out of them or something. You know, you could do that. Like, there's the monster take. The other thing is by making him sort of like a loving, lovable loser, working class, loud Italian, loudmouth guy. Um, you you all well, you don't feel sorry for him because of the way it's like written and portrayed. But like that could also be a story where you're supposed where he kind of comes up with this scheme, but he's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is, and then he gets worked over by people and. He just has, like, somebody's, like, a bunch of, like, gross blowhard uncle energy, you know, like. Yeah. Even though he's surrounded by these bikini babes, none of them will give him the time of day. And he misses his wife, who he actually loves, even though he has to pretend to be, you know what I mean? Like, where he's just kind of a, kind of a classic dumb, like, blowhard dumb guy. Yeah. And it can't, the episode can't figure which way it wants to jump. So it, like, again, (laughs) the other thing. Um. Billy and Irene had a chance to kill Lou, right? They, they Why did they do it? Save him from being incinerated, which I thought was going to happen. I'm like, that's a real that, that's kind of a cool, weird, terrible, mm-hmm. you know, burning alive in a coffin. That's pretty cool, you know. And then maybe he'll scream or something, and then the cops come in and like ar- arrest them, or they realize, you know, something like that. But they don't do that, which. You know, it's fine. They're not murderers. They don't want to kill Lou or something at that point. But also then gaslighting him. So he then goes to the electric chair after sort of being framed by his brother for his own murder. That's real cold. That's like the most cold-blooded you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, they should have just let him burn up in the coffin. Um, It's it's a really weird set of um, ethics where you're like, well, I'm not the one killing him. It's the state who's doing the killing. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that that actually is one of the problems that there is... No twist here. Or if you think that th- there's no surprise, it's just so are we meant to understand that this was a grand scheme cooked up by Billy and Irene to undo Lou? Because it doesn't make sense, actually. It seems
1: right. right.
0: It seems like like Billy and Irene only decided to double cross Lou after they like felt like fell in love on top of his coffin. Right.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. So and all, even then, so, it, even then they didn't decide to get rid of him until after he like goes down to goes yeah, down to Rio or, to Brazil Brazil or whatever.
0: So all the damning evidence that ultimately leads to Lou's conviction, which are the blood on the poker is a mishmash with the phony wound blood and fingerprints and then Lou's actual fingerprints on the knife. That's just coincidental. And actually right. it's it's Lou's idea. Like they don't print, print like um put that into his his is I like into his brain at all. He suggests she hits him with the poker. Mm -hmm. So it's just a coincidence. I I feel like it would be better. I feel like what would have been better. And the story would have to be like fully different would be if somehow they had like tricked, they had tricked Lou into thinking that everyone thought he was dead, but actually Billy steals Lou's identity and makes them think that Billy is dead. And then Billy is collecting Mm -hmm. his own life insurance and when Lou comes out, he's just totally frozen out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because or, yeah, you need did...
0: yeah, which is which is to suggest that the story would be better, much better, if Billy and Lou were played by identical twins. Which is proof that it's not a very good plot. Like, yeah, if you yes. need an, a pair of identical twins to make the story work, it's not yeah. a very it's not a story worth telling.
1: This um, also this also this also could be kind of a 90s con man movie, maybe or uh, oh, like yeah, a 90s yeah. con man movie, like sort of a matchstick man thing where you're like watching it, and you're like, oh, I know these beats, yep, of course. Then he comes back, there's double crossing, but then you need like the the, the 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 like the like jazzy music and the kind of stylish like rewind stuff where you realize who's double crossing who and like Lou had a second plan the whole time, but Billy actually had another. Plan. It's like the Rick and Morty episode. You, know, <laughs> you need you need it needs your way. The story seems so straightforward and dumb. You keep waiting for it like, to be a twist. And, you're like, and it how is this how is yeah. this not a waste of my time?
0: Um another thing I thought of, so like the as I said, I think the gaslighting is the best is the best mm-hmm. the like moment in this, which makes me feel like the whole thing should have been built around it. But even then it sort of falls flat. Because they're like, what do you mean, Lou? We don't, or what do you mean, Smith? We don't know who Stranger. you are. You're yeah. not Lou. What? And then and it sort of like goes into like the like, woo, twilight zone vision. And then it cuts to like Lou with his feet propped up on their dining room table being <laughs> like, so that was the scheme, coppers. Like it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. so, it's like, just like so anticlimactic. climactic. And I realized the problem with it is that if you want to torture a person with gaslighting, They have to somewhat doubt they have to have their own internal doubts on what they have seen or experienced or be world class liars themselves so that it's so that it's poetic in some way and so that it actually works. And Lou is not that character. Lou does not lie to himself or other people about who he is at all. He's like, yeah, I'm a wife beater. What? He doesn't care. So you
1: got to be you got to be a Don Draper level psychopath to sell Coca-Cola.
0: Yeah. Well, he should he should have like he should either be a liar or she should have some some like small like he should be deeply jealous or something or have some reason to suspect well, sure. that Irene never loved him. And we never get that like ever. Right, right. So he's a terrible <laughs> yeah, person yeah, I, to gaslight
1: as portrayed. Basically, the fact that he feels betrayed by his brother or Irene in some form or fashion is enough for him basically to admit that he ripped off the money and should probably go to jail
0: <laughs> yeah he doesn't get violent yeah. with either of them he's just basically like yeah call yeah. the cops um, yeah
1: I mean like, like again what, what, what I want again the way I want it to be I wanted him to be dangerous and violent and to basically act, uh, do, do something where he accidentally kills the only people who can exonerate him because it is, it is a neat twist the twist such as it is is neat that it has the, of the it has the groundwork It has
0: the groundwork there, yes, but yeah, it's not it's, it's it's executed badly.
1: It's that thing where someone tells you something that has the cadence of a joke, but it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell where the laughter is supposed to be. But Which but, then
0: brings us to the other character who I'm the most curious about and who I feel like just gets like wasted in this, which is Mother Paloma. So Mother Paloma thinks that Lou is great and hates Billy or like is disappointed in Billy, even though it's obvious to everyone watching it that Billy is the good son and Lou sucks. Right. So I I kind of feel like if you told this from Billy's perspective and it was just like Billy is living life while everyone keeps coming up and telling him how his like screw up little brother or screw up big brother is so great. Like if everyone gaslights Billy constantly the way his mother does and is like, Lou's the best. We love Lou, and Billy's like Lou is not great. And then he has his revenge this way. That would also make sense.
1: I mean, man, you know, it's totally, it's totally the story. This is the story of a uh, an alpha who lifts, who totally gets cucked and betrayed by his beta doctor brother. Jeez, oh, um, right? Oh, I mean, right? Jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah, except we're supposed to be happy about it, so I think it's on the right side of history. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> the betas are taking over.
0: The only other interesting theme that I liked was I liked that the cop was very sure that what he saw was real, even though it was a fraud and -hmm. that Lou ultimately died because of that. So perhaps it could have been like a story more about like cloaked realities um, Mm -hmm. and like you could have like a story where it's like Irene keeps being like. Being like, I'm really afraid of Lou. And they're like, why? He's a great husband. And, like, refuse to see her bruises because it's not convenient.
1: Yeah, yeah. It becomes like a surface thing. He's and like then, having the cop. A, Come on
0: in, Sheriff. Come on, have yeah, a yeah, beer. Yeah. The
1: game's on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Oh, then, you mean, like, a realistic portrayal of the way abuse is perpetuated <laughs> yeah. in the real world?
0: And then, and then have the cop. Yeah. And then have the cop also. Then. Have a, pl- a plotline where it's like the cop is like really desperate to get a conviction for Lou Paloma. And then he, this guy <laughs> falls in his lap and he's like, no, I saw Lou Paloma. If you're if you can't. If the I mind saw Lou Paloma
1: dead. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah.
0: mind knows what it saw, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't quite line up with our story, we'll have some, we'll have some help reminding it what it we saw. We can make
1: it fix it. Yeah. This becomes like you just wrote an episode of The Wire or maybe The Shield.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would also be good. Like those were the things that I liked about this, and none of them were exploited. <laughs>
1: It becomes a preachy leftist thing where the where the police officer says, statistically speaking, based on self-reporting data, forty percent of my fellow officers also are like Lou Paloma.
0: <laughs> like Lou Paloma like,
1: starts quoting domestic violence statistics. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: that's all I've got for how to fix how to fix this piece. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's of it's not great. chocolate. It, um, yeah, I feel like this. I feel yeah. I feel like this piece of chocolate basically kind of tells oh, I, the real twist. The twist. Sorry, I just filled that full of word salad. Um, the real twist is that Michael J. Fox gets to be the uh, prosecuting attorney. You're like right. The, that is
0: the sole moment of delight. I
1: will say, <laughs> he turns around and you're like holding,
0: there he is. holding this impossibly bent fire poker. That is the one moment. Of, yeah. I, I, I also have a moment of delight. I really actually do like the like porch that Lou lives on in Brazil, and like, mm-hmm. and how creepy all those people are to him all the time. Um, I think that's the the
1: guy who's always like, hello, senior. No, does he say another beautiful sunrise? Yeah. Another beautiful sunset.
0: Right. Smith. Yeah. 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 And I I was like, that's like the only thing when obviously it's clear that Lou is like coming and glued at the seams. I, that was the only thing where I was like, Oh, they're trying to telegraph to us that people are going to, that he's going to get gaslit. That's good. This is good. This is reasonable storytelling. Yes. But it's so, it's too little too late at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's like gestures that are kind of fun. It's fun that this. I, when do you think this takes place? I think this is definitely set in like the 50s.
0: Um, it's weird. I I can't. I don't really know.
1: It has it has a kind of retro feel to it and everything. That's all. The cops and, and don't like, look like they're
0: from the 50s. Irene kind of can go <laughs> either way.
1: Yeah, I. But I mean, Irene's always wearing like pedal pusher like 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 <laughs> pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You're right.
0: I mean, it's the 50s by way of the 80s as only the 80s can.
1: Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Rehashed yeah, in Tales the from, 90s. Tales from... TFTC era. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's Tales from the Crypt time. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the century of Tales from the Crypt.
1: I think the other, the other thing is that even though in the end, when they... Right before they electrocute Lou, doesn't he say something like, blow me, or something like that? He's like,
0: but I'm Lou Paloma, blow me.
1: Yeah, he's... He's, he's they,
0: defiant in death.
1: I'm just saying what we keep saying, but they make him pathetic and without agency about midway through. Like the last, the last thing he does is call the cops, and then after that, he's totally like just railroaded away. Which again makes I, I, I he's a pretend person, so we don't have to worry about this. But like makes me feel sorry for him, which isn't great because he's supposed to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed.
0: So I'm ready for us to do our quick fire round of all of the things that this reminded
1: oh, nice. me of. Because yes. it's very okay.
0: derivative. And um I would like to start with uh good brother, bad brother. <laughs> oh, my brother's keeper. Yeah. So my brother's keeper. Um uh, so I think it it successfully sets them up as good versus bad brothers. That seems like a very low bar to step over, but they do it. Yep. Um, but um, but it almost seems as like a convenience for why Irene could want to gaslight him.
1: Sure, sure. It's also very convenient ride right? because his brother is the coroner, so of course he could, you know. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's very. Uh... Very stagey.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also, I think this kind of fails because we don't get the sense of how Billy feels about any of this beyond mild frustration about Lou yeah, being yeah. a jerk. And Basically also, he is like,
1: jeez jeez Lou. And then also being like, I don't like, I hate it when he speaks to you that way or whatever he says. Where yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to go to, he's taking it to the bone zone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, the main, the main, um, the main. The main words, the words that every woman wants to hear protein taken to the bone zone. I hate the way that jerky man treated you. Say, may I have yeah, sex no, now?
1: Um Yeah, no. Sometimes sometimes you call her milady. That's a pro tip. Sometimes if you say that and then you like, oh, dock your call. fedora. Milady, would you mind holding my katana while I deal with this ruffian?
0: My lady, milady, allow me to unsheath my katana and dispatch this ruffian. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he was drinking in college and getting a business degree. I studied the blade. <laughs> I
0: studied the blade. Um, <laughs> I don't even get that like I wish that was Lou. That would be interesting. But Lou is just like such an such You're a nothing incel, Lou? <laughs> I would watch yeah, it. Yeah. I would see it. like Lou is nothing like Bill is oh, sorry. Billy is just nothing. He's like has, he's as mild as his as his wishes, which are like he kind of wishes that his mom loved him as much as Lou that's like that's like nothing that's nothing um also it's sort of it fails on the brother front by making them brothers it fails because if you apply even an ounce of logic you're like well why why can irene gaslight lou well she has a new husband so she's moved on and like she's past it wait but her new husband is lou's brother and the cops absolutely know that because Lou's brother Billy works for the cops and they knew that they was his brother. And um like wait, what are we doing? Like it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's just like no one would believe this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that like that I that Irene and Billy are above are above like a uh, sus, uh suspicion because like they're so damn suspicious. Come on.
1: Yeah, and also him being the coroner um, makes it easier to pull off the death, but also makes it feel even more weird and contrived. Like if they sort of yeah. have, like outsmarted the cops, maybe via their trickery. The whole that thing might...
0: is the whole thing is so hard to believe anyway. That the fact that you have the coroner to like help you uh, suspend your disbelief is utterly unnecessary. They could have just had like I would believe it if Lou was just like Irene's really good with makeup and junk, and she like spilled red nail polish on him. I would believe that at like. My, I am having trouble suspending disbelief anyway. The fact that you, like, have this detail of a coroner, which then complicates the matter, doesn't help.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And you could you could even have goofy stuff where, like, Billy cuts his hand, and so it's his blood that's on the knife, but they think it's loose. It, you know, you could even you could play it even a little bit for laughs. Like, oh, dumb luck, and it turns out that they he accidentally frames his brother. You could have that, too, you know.
0: So the final score on this, in terms of uh, good brother, bad brother, and good brother's finally dicking over their bad brothers in the end has to go to my brother's keeper. It is better. It is, it is better to out of spite, get separated from your conjoined twin so that they can go to the electric chair versus lightly gaslighting your, your, your bad brother so that he goes to the electric chair. It's really weird that both of them go to the electric chair.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's the stock plot, the stock, um, crop of tales from the crypt it's true
0: well they, they pay a lot of money maybe. for the electric chair so they're going to use
1: that yeah, maybe set. it's like it's like how some uh, some series some anthology series will be like no we have like repertory players and we have things that you know if you keep watching things are going to turn up little things you may have seen before and that the electric chair is one of those things yeah
0: absolutely it's it's a, it's a very lo- large sparking one of those things all right yeah. So the next one we have is insurance fraud mixed with infidelity. We've seen this in The Sacrifice and in all through the house.
1: I think if I can riff here for a second. I think that this episode is the most like The the episode that I thought about the most when I saw this was The Sacrifice. And this is kind of like The Sacrifice, but not sexy and not even trying to be smart. Um, And and, and if you as as uh, creepies will recall, Crypt Nation uh, we didn't even really like the sacrifice, but you know, at least that would you could kind of see why 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 you were supposed to be you know staying up late and uh, uh creeping down and watching TV when your mom and mom and dad are at not least awake the sacrifice
0: had the had the um the decency of providing us with a satisfying final act twist or not even a satisfying right, yeah. but a surprising yeah, the, 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 final act yeah twist. the twist
1: the twist was dumb but but at least. The twist was a twist.
0: It was a genuine twist, and you were like, "Oh!" And also, I feel like if you're if if the story is ultimately like right, like so, insurance fraud, it, it should be to some degree a story about being fake or pretending this to be someone you're not, or there should be a fraud element yeah, yeah. that's carried through here, and definitely the sacrifice delivers on that because you have. Like a fraud fraud himself who's a philanderer who's bested by better fraudsters and philanderers. Like, right? like The the two other players who are doing the same thing he's doing are just playing a much better game. And that that is satisfying to see play out. Or at least interesting to see play out.
1: That's assuming, and this episode plays up the insurance fraud aspect as if it's going to be a thematic through line. Because um, yeah. the other episode that where this end all through the house, you know, it it's not really about that because all you need are stakes for why you would want someone dead close to you dead and money. Sure. Fine. Love it. <laughs> Life insurance is kind of a weird grisly thing anyway. Just like yeah. speaking in the real world, we um, think uh, I think about in the in the sort of Mad Men era where you're. Where your employer could take out life insurance policies on their own employees with the company as the beneficiary? Crazy. It's, that's a real some messed up weird thing. Yeah. Um, and lead, leads. Although us maybe to a whole that genre, would uh, that
0: would incentivize companies being like wanting to keep their employees for their no, whole, their no, whole see, lives.
1: I, nope. I think about it the other way. Nope. Nope. It means that at some point you're worth more to them dead than alive.
0: Oh, they start putting poison in the coffee.
1: That's it's right. Working yeah, right. Like, like, to... Johnson,
0: you're gonna have to start closing more accounts
1: or else <laughs> gonna get the chop
0: yeah. we're gonna play some uh some chop poker but the first thing we're gonna chop is your head off your
1: body um,
0: <laughs> so and Third prize is
1: you fired yeah yeah
0: well and also so like in all through the house, the protagonist being a fraud and like committing infidelity is like, a karma uh, is like a car, like as karma that is an inciting incident for her eventual undoing. Like something, uh, I mean, something sure, bad. Sure. Like nothing bad randomly happens to Lou because he's bad. It's not like it's not a story of like the galaxy swooping in and being like, "Oh, we can't help but notice that you're being quite a bit, quite, quite immoral." You know what? We're gonna drop a serial killer on you in a house. Like that's like how right, 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 right. all through house works. Right. Lou is not sure, that. Right. He's he is the architect of his own demise but in like the most mundane way like this is basically a story that's like there's no such like karmic retribution well sure but like not really like it's it's ultimately it's mostly more of a like a coincidence than it is um than it is like a a justifying force and also we're not going to give you a a twist because it's pretty obvious what's going to happen so instead it's just going to be a stately rollout of an obvious double cross, and when it happens, hmm. like what happens to Lou is not horrifying, it's mundanely logical. Like you're like, "Oh yeah. absolutely. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: uh, you... OK. Dig that cat. Con man in a coffin. This one yeah, should, th- This one should be the ahead. most fun, but it's also to me. In this thing that of this frustrating, uh, frustrating episode, somewhat the most annoying. This is where I'm like, oh, they really don't know what they're doing at all. Like these yeah. visual beats yeah. don't mean anything.
1: Yeah, because the the, the living man coolly having outsparted everybody in the coffin. Like if he doesn't then die, what is going on
0: <laughs> that? And it should be or and and maybe it can be prolonged. But we at least need to see him in a coffin when he dies, when he's dead. Like, you don't end with him in an electric chair. Also, Mm -hmm. when he's in that coffin, he should be a gloating fool. That's what the Dig That Cat guy is doing. He's all smug and, like, chatting with you about cheating death, and then his folly leads to him being buried alive. That's the whole thing. Right. But Lou is so bad at playing dead. (laughs) <laughs> that like he doesn't have that moment the minute starts stuff starts going pear-shaped he doesn't like he doesn't have a moment of panic he's just like hey somebody let me out knock 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 it's so it's hot irri- in here it's so irritating to watch and it's well, and also- it certainly undermines your your uh, the ability for you to believe that the cop is so certain he's dead you're like you didn't hear you didn't hear Lou knocking away at the inside of his coffin are you crazy
1: yeah. Also, he's kind of he's he has he's like a little little chubby boy. He's got his little flashlight. He's looking at the vacation brochure. I know it makes me... money. Get some plastic. Buy a fake passport. Get Buy a phony passport. Get some plastic surgery. Yeah, I don't know. it makes you feel sorry for him a little bit.
0: It does, especially since like his wife is cheating on him on top of the coffin. And he's just kind of like, what's going on out there? Like has not even a moment. He's so trusting.
1: It's like love to death, also, where it's just kind of like, "Oh, I need you now," and we're we're gonna things are gonna happen, and the,
0: it's like the they've momentarily forgotten that it's like they've momentarily forgotten that Lou is in fact not dead.
1: But again, also, they're having a thirteen-year-old boy's version of sex on top of the coffin, <laughs> definitely.
0: Um, all right, command a coffin done. That definitely goes to dig that cat, even though that also wasn't an episode I particularly liked.
1: Yeah, I, I like that one better than you did. But yes, but in that one, right? Like, even just even just take him apart. Even though that was an episode you didn't like, they did a good job of establishing that he was a bad guy, but they, also that he was brought down by like ignorance. And
0: yes, they he they nailed yeah. that visual beat. That was absolutely the correct thing to do with a con man in a right. coffin. That is this yeah, is that yeah. is good. This is not good. Um. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's, time, it's Lou's turn to do the hot squat. So we're comparing this <laughs> with the man who who was death. Uh, dead Right and For Crying Out Loud were the electric chair scenes that I could conjure from my memory.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and wait, how many, does, uh, have we seen the Crypt Keeper fire himself up in the electric chair? Yes. Oh, he does that in, uh, yeah, no, in his death. It
0: was yeah. death. Um, and all of those other, all of those other uh, outings with the electric chair make that scene drip with horrific irony, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Sadler right. is undone by the very instrument of justice that he was wielding. And that 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 is ironic and satisfying to see happen and horrifying. The chair is the cause for Demi Moore's possible inherited fortune in Dead Right. But also she has to be murdered for him to get in the chair. So it is ironic. And then uh, Leah Attenborough uh, uh, skips to the electric chair because it's a welcome relief from living with himself and his obnoxious Uh grief. That is ironic. That is not a a a place that people generally want to go. So that's horrifying that the idea of an electric chair would be a welcome embrace. Mm
1: -hmm. This
0: is just like a case of the Mondays for Lou. That's like how it's treated. We're like, and you know, it's and the camera even knows it because unlike both of those, any, any of those other three, they end with like closing in on the person who is getting electrocuted. And this one pulls out. So yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's just like, it's just like they had, they had the electric chair. So they put him in it. Like he could have, right, right. He should have gone to jail.
1: Yeah, yes. But like well, I mean, locked I mean, I mean,
0: up for life. At least that would like echo the sentiment of life insurance. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Lifelong policy or you get or, or like this isn't thematically coherent, but, you know, something where he the, the next seat is him in a mental hospital, having gotten a horrific lobotomy because he wouldn't admit that he wasn't Lou Paloma. You know.
0: Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Or he tries to rob his own brother's house to get the insurance money and they actually do stab him in the in the chest.
1: Yeah, he is ironically killed. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like in this the electric chair is not a horrible fate it's a punchline basically
1: workman like workman like electric chair work
0: (laughs) so not as good yeah um (laughs) uh, just to round it out the only thing the the only other interesting thing about this which I thought was like fresh or new was Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of our first and it's really just the scenes in Brazil I feel like that tone is new we haven't really seen that yet where you have sort of like a David Lynchian darkness yeah, and paradise. Um, Do we have we had anything like that thus far?
1: Uh, not exactly. I kind of thought about, um, man, I can't remember what it's called. The episode with the two people who are in love with their guns.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that had that kinda, some of that energy. Like
1: like a like a mannered surreal kind of energy to it, where you're like, this isn't real life, but yeah, you, you know, like it crafts its own little internal reality. But I know what you're saying. The, the um but that, that's the only thing that comes to mind that's at all like that
0: yeah um I, I wouldn't say that this is derivative of that
1: no 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 i'm just the the only other episode i can think of that ha- kind of creates a, it's a, a judy a, you're
0: not yourself today is that episode yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's right which is a much better episode than this episode um yeah. yes but yeah. but I, I i think that the tone is a little bit different but yeah that's that kind of has that you, surreal- you know what i mean though where it creates its
1: it. own kind of surreal internal logic and you're kind of like okay you know like This 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 feels weird, but I'm I'm here for it. That's sort of
0: Yeah. But it was the only
1: dream logic.
0: It was really the only little bit of storytelling that, that, that showed instead of told. Lou hmm. did not, even though it should have pretend, possibly given us a little bit I'm more exposition. I'm losing my
1: friggin' mind out here. I'm so lonely. I'm worried that my wife is cheating on me with my brother.
0: That actually would have been great, like that. We needed something like that. But <laughs> but I you know, do. All I
1: do is speak the exposition.
0: <laughs> but I do think the visual storytelling tells me that that now Lou isn't Lou anymore, and he's without home or a place, and he can't even enjoy paradise. But even but even like the telling of it makes it just seem like he's just like, Why won't you pick up the phone?
1: Which is not yeah, yeah Dizzy broad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes I forget who what my name even is and who I am. And when I look at the mirror, I don't recognize the face. Am I Luke all that plastic Paloma? surgery I had? <laughs> yeah. Which
0: I know that they make it seem like he has a nose job, but as far as I can tell his like his, like, physical form does not change that much.
1: No, no, they took the mole, the fake mole off him. And I think he is wearing, like, a na- nasal prosthesis in the uh in, the, in the Yeah, but he, but he still
0: looks, looks like Lou Paloma. They don't even change his hair. No, 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 I no, no,
1: no. no, no. They, they make it seem like he's, like, completely different. you're like, I mean, but he's still pretty recognizably Lou. Yeah,
0: he's obviously Lou,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you, you almost want him to be like... Hey, officer, ask me a question only Lou would know the answer to. And then the officer
0: would just be like, I don't know who you are. Like, he's like, I didn't know Lou.
1: And he's like, I'm Lou friggin' Paloma. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> I, mean, I have just... The I'm Lou Paloma. Just...
0: My only evidence is that I look exactly like Lou
1: Paloma. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, and, and it's fine, right? You know, the, you, you don't want to, like, nitpick the episode. Well, actually, how does the forensic science work? Did they test the fingerprints of Lou Paloma against the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Totally. <laughs> was due diligence done on the autopsy of Lou? You know.
0: Actually, it just made me have like weird uh, dystopian ideas. I was like, "Is not it kind of weird that they like the government just doesn't have all of us fingerprinted?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's actually a terrible idea."
1: Well, thanks to Twenty Three and Me.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. But I was like, I'm like, I'm and backing now, away and, from and, that and, idea quickly.
1: And because of the way genetics works now. You don't even have to. You you don't even have to opt in or out. All you need is some one of your dumb aunts who loves genealogy to get Twenty Three and Me, and they basically have your genes too. Great news, everybody! But wasn't it what wasn't it
0: worth it to find out that you're one sixteenth Swedish?
1: Yeah, you, you mean practicing like like a kind of weird low rent version of race science? We can tell by looking at your genes that you are mostly white.
0: Yeah, congratulations!
1: You have Belgian genes.
0: Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have an ambush for it because it doesn't deserve it.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I have, I have just some some funny things I noticed. Did you notice that Lou works for Zemeckis Pizza? Mm -hmm. Um, it's his uh, delivery company. Um, I liked in my notes. I just wrote this guy seems nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) About Lou, (laughs) this
1: guy seems nice. Then I wrote canned, and then love all this abuse energy. And then I write the Italian defamation league should get involved. <laughs> yeah, truly.
0: And maybe there with our pod so- we've done a lot of a lot of hammy uh, Italian accents but to be fair so does yeah. Lou.
1: Yeah, right. No. And so like Lou um that there's a lot of kind of awkward dialogue too like like we owe so much money on the bills.
0: Yeah, totally. And, the,
1: and he says just to his wife, I got plenty of dreams left. Which which, which kind of sounds like maybe we're going to be set up for, like, a striving working class story, but no. No. Why don't God, you get no. a job, you bum? Oh, uh, about about her? No, 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 no. When he's talking to the... This this episode also is way too much setup. Like, we we see him. He sits down, and he talks to his wife, and they watch TV, and then the insurance guy calls, and his wife talks to the insurance guy, and then the insurance guy talks to him. When the insurance guy talks to him, he says, why don't you get a job, you bum? <laughs>
0: <laughs> amazing
1: and then he's like i'm lou freaking paloma
0: <laughs> <laughs> i am lou
1: this also has the thing that most uh most um tv shows have where apparently you can only do autopsies on people at night
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah it's the best time to do an autopsy really
1: yeah, when it's the creepiest yeah um, let, I do let, like. let's make sure it's... to
0: be in a building with a bunch of dead cutting up dead people at at the stroke of midnight ideally <laughs>
1: I like when his brother is doing the autopsy when he calls him and he's like, I got a lot of work to do, Lou. And, you know, he's like, you're coming to dinner. And he hangs up the phone and then he has that, like, autopsy saw and he starts sawing the body just stoically spraying blood on his face <laughs> and coat.
0: It doesn't seem at all sanitary. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got a lot. He's like, Lou, I got a lot of work to do. It's ass to elbows. Bodies here. <laughs> They're for a bunch of murders in I got a chop of a bunch of people. Oh, jeez, Lou. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. This, this is secretly a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, I would say we're, we're
0: really trying to make this an episode of
1: Rick and Morty. I'm Pickle Rick. I'm, I'm Lou Paloma. <laughs> I'm Pickle Paloma. <laughs> My Szechuan Jiffy's Um, Well, no, actually, speaking of Lou, I, I, I think Lou has a little, little bit of, like, Super Mario from the live-action Super Mario Super Show energy, mixed with Al Engine from uh Deadwood, where he's, like, he's sort of, like, a weird... A weird Italian stereotype with like, with, with, uh, barely concealed menace and potential for extreme violence.
0: That's was your favorite thing about him, was that you wished that there was more.
1: They're cops. It's their job to look at your face. <laughs> and then when, when, uh, when Mother Paloma busts into the morgue, like as, you know, Billy and, uh, and, uh, what's her name her. uh. The funeral party, um, against I think each you other. Mean. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yes. And she says, "Where's that trashy nympho who married my Lou?"
0: <laughs> it's interesting that she said nympho. Like, does she yeah. think that? Does she think that Irene is trying to get in the coffin with Lou? I
1: don't know. No. 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 She kind of thinks that. Like, if she blames Irene for not being home when the home was being robbed, uh. she thinks that she's like out, you know, hoeing it up around town. And if she was home making dinner for Lou like she's supposed to, maybe she would also have been murdered by the robber. I don't oh, know.
0: thank goodness. Yeah.
1: That, <laughs> yeah. that
0: would have been better. Yeah.
1: That
0: would have been better. All right. Do, you ready do. to rate this sucker? Do, do, do.
1: I Yes. I found this one kind of hard because I don't like it. It's boring, but it's also not morally objectionable. <laughs> yeah so i you, yeah you know what i mean where you're kind of like yeah. i mean yeah do i ever want to see you it do again?
0: need to have a basement because it no. it will get morally objectionable we know uh, yeah. it will well, we
1: just even just <laughs> I recall a few episodes ago we had to be like is is one the lowest is zero the lowest
0: i think we decided <laughs> that zero is the lowest correct yeah
1: yeah zero's the lowest yeah i called this one um I, but having said all of that that's not that's not what we're here for we are Professionals, we are potters, and we need we to. We will.
0: Uh, we will rate this.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Bravely, we'll take a brave stand. Yep. Um, I rate this one and a half. Not. Na- na- I rate this one. <laughs> one <laughs> and a half naps on my notes.
0: One and a half what?
1: Naps on my notes. Taking a little nap. A little snoozeroo. When did you say that? No me. Ha- oh, do I have to come with something else?
0: No, Wait, really I me it has to be from the episode. What
1: are you talking about? When I was watching it, I was so bored. I took a nap on my note.
0: <laughs> That's not the thing. You have to draw <laughs> something from the episode itself. You can't just fine, be like, fine, I, fine, rate fine, this, fine. "I rate this. I rate this one and a half out of five. <laughs> dumb, stupid plots." <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that would, would be great. This game fine,
1: fine, fine, fine.
0: Naps fine, on my fine. notes.
1: <laughs> fine, fine. I will give this one one and a half out of five. Phony noses.
0: Mm. i um agree i i went through the exact same emotional arc that you did where i was like wait is zero like wow I, yeah i don't like it it's not good i'll i will try never to watch it again um but it's not it's not like revolting so i called it uh i also went with one and a half out of five blue tropical drinks Ooh.
1: We really dropped the ball here. One of us should have taken beautiful sunsets. Yeah.
0: That's what I thought you were going to do, so I picked tropical cocktails. One and a half out of five, pub dom versions of Brazil.
1: (laughs) One and a half, horrible misogynist takes from Terry Gilliam, a filmmaker whose movies I have enjoyed.
0: Is that? Do you think Brazil is misogynistic?
1: No, no, but Terry Gilliam. Uh, I haven't watched it recently, but Terry Gilliam he, he certainly is.
0: Terry Gilliam is a misogynist. That's terrible yeah, news.
1: Gone. I don't know if he always was or if he's just become public about it, but certainly now he is.
0: Did he come out? Like, ha- we'll have to talk about this later. But I do like the yeah. idea that he's like has like a press conference and he's like like taps the mic and is like, "I would like to announce, um, I am a misogynist." And everyone's like, like all the reporters are like, "Ooh, ooh, question, question, question." <laughs> he's like yes the new york York times yes you may continue have you always been a misogynist uh yes i have i have just decided to go public with it
1: no he's he's like he 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 did some really bad like interviews for the guardian and stuff and he has come out as being um uh, like a me too skeptic and i mean like just oh great (laughs) stuff where like look look, like we don't Right, you know, we owe none of these people any sympathy or anything. But stuff where you're kind of like, dude, you could, you don't, you don't, you don't have to tell us all that you're a bad person. We could just keep, yeah, just keep it to Baron Munchausen. Keep it to
0: yourself, (laughs) please. What is it?
1: Time pirate? No, time bandits. Time bandits. I like that. When I was a kid, you know,
0: Brazil is the best one of them all.
1: Yeah, sure. I've thought about doing. Well, I'm
0: glad you told me. I've thought about doing Brazil for Space Bros.
1: You still could. I mean, like Death of the Artist and everything, right?
0: That might actually make it more interesting, to be honest with you. All right. Anyway. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah I'll send you the links. It's a really gross interview. Gross interview.
0: <laughs> Great. Good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so next time, um, we're going to trod familiar territory with another set of treacherous brothers who, and you might think otherwise, are definitely not magicians based in the bafflingly titled Abra Cadaver. I don't know why it's called that. They are not magicians but it is, and Mary, there you Mary,
1: go. They are practitioners of the greatest magical art,
0: medical science. Whoa. Ooh.
1: Thank you once again for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please be sure to check us out on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, platform of your choice. Remember to subscribe, rate, review us, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your mom. Be sure to visit mechanisms.com slash crypt dash creepers. To see our show notes, uh, see some links to uh, upsetting trailers from the 1950s, and find other excellent podcasts. Till next time, kitties. When Lou came home and found that nobody knows who he was, oh. it was enough to drive him Brazil nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually like that. That's good.
1: <laughs> Genuine
0: laughter.